You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to Monday Football Monday, part of the SB Nation NFL show brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're familiar with the show, you know that I am not RJ Ochoa and Pete Sweeney, and that is not RJ Ochoa and Pete Sweeney. I am Rob Stats Guerrera <laughs> from the Off Day Debrief and the Look Ahead. And with me, filling in, is Kate Majuk. What's up, Kate? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm coming off of the Football Sunday High. We have big shoes to fill, Rob. Very big shoes to fill. I only wear a women's eight. Uh, I'm not sure what <laughs> shoe size you have, but um, my feet are not very big to fill the the feet of the shoes that typically fill this Monday slate. But I am very much up to the challenge. What a day of action. Uh, like just so much, so much. And we barely uh, we didn't even have a full Sunday slate of games because of Thursday football, Thanksgiving. So uh Let's like dive in. What was what was your favorite game of the week and where do we start? Oh, there is so much to get to. It is crazy. And this is a little different from you. Usually you're part of the NFL React show on private on Friday. You get like the preview. Now we're going to the review show. Before we get into all of that, we want to remind you this show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL. For a special offer when you sign up, that's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I want to start with a couple of games because I think that there are two teams, one in each conference, that nobody wants anything to do with right now. The first <laughs> I'll start in the AFC, and that is the New England Patriots. They have the league's longest win streak at six straight games. They are now eight and four. The defense looks good. Mac Jones is doing enough to get by. And I just feel like for everybody else in the AFC, there's this feeling of, oh, no, here we go again. We thought we were going to get a much longer reprieve from the <laughs> Patriots dynasty. And that turns out not to be the case. I mean, you brought up Mac Jones, like didn't even have a stellar game yesterday. Still put up 310 passing yards, two touchdowns, no INTs, and he didn't even play particularly well. Um, this is a like a a really big statement game for uh, the, the Patriots, who everybody had already written off for the AFC East. They take that division back, and um, they look good doing it. Uh, I do think this is a team that is just performing in all three phases of the game, and I, I don't know how, how to approach this team because nobody was taking them seriously to start the season. And they are a very legitimate threat. Once again, uh, I would say uh, they might be more of a threat than, uh, or maybe a more surprising threat than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like uh, we saw them, I, I feel like we saw them flip flop a little bit. It is crazy the momentum that the Patriots have now and their defense. 
look, they just don't give up a ton of points, right? 13 to the Jets, 24 to the Chargers. That's the Chargers. They have a good offense. Six to the Panthers, seven to the Browns, nothing to the Falcons, and then 13 to the Titans. Now, I know Tennessee was missing some people, but you force four turnovers. That's good against anybody. You deserve credit for that. And Belichick is just shutting people down. And I don't know, like, I just... You know, it's funny. I'm a Niner fan. I cover the Niners and people are saying, oh, you can't you can't talk about the Super Bowl with Trey Lance. Nobody's ever won the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. And now the Patriots keep winning. And I feel like people are saying, you know, the Patriots could, you know, they could make a run at this thing. <laughs> they, I, I genuinely believe that they could. I mean, it, what they've put together this season is just super uber impressive. They are the third highest scoring offense in the NFL or uh, just total like Across the board, they are uh, they're putting up yardage. Uh, their defense is doing incredible things. I mean, it didn't seem like they added a ton in free agency. They obviously got uh, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, um, but it didn't seem like they had really done enough to put their offense over the edge. But the combination of the run game and, and all of that, I think um, this was a huge statement win against a team that, uh, you know, I, I don't think has been uh, playing quite as well as their record may indicate the Titans that have continued to win. But I, I think this, uh, you know, AJ Brown ending up on IR, this is not good. And I think we are going to continue to see the Patriots succeed and see the Titans uh, probably continue to fall in the weeks to come. Yeah, the Titans, uh, I'll get to them in one minute, because the last thing I want to note is, you know, the Patriots are competing with the Bills in the AFC East. Well, we're going to find out exactly how that's going to shake out, because New England plays Buffalo twice in the next three weeks. They go to Buffalo next week, and then they uh, obviously host them a couple weeks later. Like, that's probably going to decide the division right there. It, I, I think these are going to be some really, uh, really good staple games, and uh RJ and Pete actually mentioned this last week, just about how the schedule across the league is shaking out and so many divisions are going to be decided in these weeks to come because God, we, we just have so many great divisional games against teams, uh, you know, and, and divisions that are so close. This is going to be the division to watch in the AFC. I know that a lot of people criticize the schedule. There are some weird things every year with the schedule. That's true. But one of the best Thursday decisions... night football, never, never like <laughs> it, we just always have to scratch that one off. Yeah. But one of the things I love at the NFL does is they put the division games at the end of the year. It just makes so much sense. It helps with rivalries. It makes those games feel bigger and more important. Now, twice in three weeks, I don't love, but we'll find out exactly what's going to happen in the AFC East. And for Tennessee, like I know that they have had injuries and and that stinks. And clearly that's not the team out there on Sunday that we thought we were going to see at the beginning of the year. But Ryan Tannehill, man, good quarterbacks can elevate lesser talent around them. And I'm sorry. He threw for 93 yards on the day. Now, I know they ran the ball a lot, but come on, man. You got to get more than that. The more I see Ryan Tannehill without Derrick Henry, the more I think he's still the same guy he was in Miami. Uh, this is, I mean, like you need to be all, all alarm bells are absolutely ringing for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, one of my biggest misses, I think this season, just looking at, at what he's done, um, even with Derrick Henry, he wasn't performing particularly well, but uh, he's, he's very close to uh, already surpassing his career high 17 interceptions, which he had as a sophomore quarterback with the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> uh, 
he's he's very close to uh, exceeding that mark, only throwing for a touchdown on 3.6% of passes this year. His his average in his three years with Tennessee, uh, he threw a touchdown uh, at a 6% clip, which is pretty, uh, pretty darn incredible. I mean, he's just he's fallen off um, and you really have to be concerned about the string of turnovers uh, has thrown at least one pick uh, in each of, uh, let's see, uh, all but one of the last six games, I think it's been, seven games. Um, And this is coming off of a four interception performance last week. I mean, I'm, I know there's, there's the asterisk on pro football reference that says they're a playoff team, but (laughs) if I could bet on one team that is going to absolutely tank fall flat on their face, it is a hundred percent the Tennessee Titans, and Ooh. you know why? Because I think there's there's another team in the AFC South that we're not talking nearly enough about that I do think deserves a little more love. All right, well, give them give them some love. All right, it's all about the Colts. Um, I, I think we need to talk a little bit more about the Colts. Let's give them some street cred here. Um, the the Colts are not a. a overly sexy team in all phases of the game, but they are a good defense. Um, and despite Carson Wentz, uh, despite all of his best efforts to uh, complete passes to the other team, <laughs> they're still a good football team. And I think as long as Jonathan Taylor is uh, the focal point of this offense, which he shows no sign of slowing down, as long as he's the focal point, this is a very, uh, very quiet dark horse to make a nice playoff run. Um, just considering the balance that they they're able to achieve just in every phase of the game. You are being awfully nice to the Indianapolis <laughs> Colts who are coming off a loss 38 31 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know what happened in the second half for the Colts. Like they go into halftime and they're leading 24 to 14. And I'm like, man, RJ and I had talked about last week how this would clearly be a game that the Colts could win if the Bucs messed around. And they go into halftime, and I'm like, oh, right. Me and RJ are going to look like geniuses. This is fantastic. <laughs> and then, like Bruce Arian said, the first 30 were not pretty, but the second 30 were beautiful. And that's exactly what happened. The Bucs scored 24 points in the second half. Indy only put up a touchdown. And so I'm surprised to hear you be so kind to them after – they kind of fell apart in the second half of this game. They fell apart in the second half of the game, but I, 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 I liked the first half. I really liked the first half, but I think sometimes more so than like the actual performance. Let's look at who this, uh, who they were performing against. It was the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, excellent defense, despite a, uh, a really banged up secondary. Um, this is like kind of the team to beat in the NFC, and they came out and I pretty, pretty well hold their, held their own in the first half. Um, and they made it much more difficult for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I think that is what says something They They were a thorn in their side, despite the fact that they completely lost all control in the second half, um, to be a thorn in the side of Tom Brady, to be a thorn in the side of Bruce Arians. I think that's a statement in and of itself because nine times out of 10, Things look too dang easy for these Bucks, <laughs> uh, and there's nothing that can slow them down. So the fact that the the Colts were able to stay in this game, uh, even through the first half, I, I thought very impressive. 
You can't turn the ball over five times, no. win, especially nope. against the Super Bowl champs. That's what the Colts <laughs> no. did. Carson Wentz had two picks. He also lost a fumble, which I feel obligated to point out that I don't know the exact number, and I should because BLG keeps saying it every time we talk about Carson Wentz. He basically averages like at least one fumble in every game he plays for his career, which is hideously <laughs> bad. But uh, yeah, the Colts did look good in that first half. You would think that they would be built to play in the second half with a lead, right? Because they have Jonathan Taylor and they could just run the ball. But when you turn the ball over and keep giving the other team chances to win, that is uh, that is exactly what happens. Indy six and six now on the year. They play the Texans next week. So you would think that they should get a win. But who knows that Houston's a lot tougher with Tyrod Taylor and divisional games are always a little weird. Um, I want to go back to the other team uh, that I mentioned at the top of the show that I think nobody wants to play. And that's in the NFC and feel free to call me on it. If you want to Kate, Omer. my San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> they get the win 34 to 26 over the Minnesota Vikings third straight win for San Francisco. Here's why I'm so excited about this team. They have run the ball 125 times in the last three weeks. That is not exaggeration. That is not hyperbole. 125 rushes, 535 yards. Kyle Shanahan has finally figured out what so many of us have been screaming about. Run the ball, keep it away from Jimmy G, and you can beat anybody. And the Niners are rolling right now. They are absolutely rolling. They are on a hot streak. Now, I, I will give you credit here. This is not... Not a homer pick. Um, the the 49ers are absolutely getting it together. And I, I think that's pretty impressive because I feel like we started the season off uh, with just buku concern. Uh, <laughs> like Kyle Shanahan, um, I, I think we have to say he's like one of the most inconsistent coaches. He either looks absolutely freaking like a, a genius or he looks like Forrest Gump. And there's really not enough room in between, but I mean, the San Francisco 49ers, uh, kudos to them for establishing the run game, especially with the, the rotation at running back. Uh, obviously you have Jeff Wilson returning from IR who, um, I, I love him as, as one of these like reprieve backs, get him in the mix there. But Elijah Mitchell, um, looks gosh, darn near unstoppable. He's amazing. Coming back from a broken finger, has a pin in his finger right now. He got 32 touches on the day. He ran for, I believe, 133 yards himself yesterday. He's he's so damn good. He leads the NFC in rushing. And I go back to something that Trent Williams said. He said in practice, I think it was in practice, Elijah Mitchell crashed into him at one point. And Trent Williams said, <laughs> I haven't been hit that hard by a running back since Adrian Peterson. So that gives me a little joy to think that they that could possibly, says something like they don't miss Raheem Mostert at all. And that's because Elijah Mitchell has been incredible. And look, the Niners, like you said, started slow, but they got the Seahawks coming up next week, then Cincinnati, then Atlanta, and then the Titans on a Thursday night. They can make some hay here. I'm, I'm trying not to be a homer. There have been times this year when I thought that they wouldn't win another game after they lost to Arizona. I was so down on the team. But like you said, like, I don't know if someone switched bodies with Kyle Shanahan or what, but he <laughs> seems to have flipped the switch. And when they play like this, they're going to be really hard to beat. My only question for you is what happens? Um, like, does does this, uh, this level uh, maintain itself? this level of play, I, is this going to continue if we see Trey Lance start to get involved? Because uh, Jimmy G is not 
not without fault, uh, despite their success. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so what, uh, like, it, it, when do we see Trey Lance? Because I every single week I'm waiting for the Trey Lance explosion, and um, it's it's just not coming. We heard rumors all week long that uh, Jimmy G could be there for the long haul. Uh, like and ridiculous. <laughs> And then we saw the rumor right before the game on Sunday that, oh, the 49ers are going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. He's not going to be there <laughs> next year. They gave up three first round picks for Trey Lance and he makes 20 and Garoppolo makes $26 million. They're not keeping him around again. And I'm going to date myself here in a major, major way. But Jimmy Garoppolo this season has been like Mr. Magoo, the old cartoon where Mr. Magoo is blind and he's like walking around through traffic <laughs> and he's walking on like a high rise. And every time you think he's going to go over the edge, he just flips around and goes back the other direction. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Every time you think he's <laughs> going to go over the edge and Trey Lance is going to bench him, he all of a sudden starts to make a couple of good throws and get the team down the field. I thought there was a chance he could be benched in the first half of this game. He was awful. He threw an, an inexcusable, in Kyle Shanahan's words, interception early in this game on the first possession. And then... Lo and behold, before halftime, the 49ers get the ball, drive down the field, stick it in the end zone. They get the ball out of halftime on the opening kickoff, go down the field, stick it in the end zone. And then Kirk Cousins throws a pick following that touchdown. The Niners run it into the end zone on the play after that. It was 21 straight points for San Francisco, and they were off and running. So every time you think he's going to be bad enough to get benched, somehow he does enough to keep that job. And that's the issue, though, with uh, that kind of performance. Um, when you are good enough not to get benched, but not great enough to to firmly grasp the starting job, um, like if anything is going to stop these 49ers, it's probably going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Who? Oh, it's um, definitely going to be Jimmy the Garoppolo. the ups and downs. It's just it's too too inconsistent, um, and I, I think that they have enough playmakers there that they should be more consistent. So, Jimmy G. Um, Best of luck to you and in, in your future endeavors. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Trey Lance uh, under center sooner rather than later. Well, and they're going to need more from Jimmy because Debo Samuel got hurt yesterday with a groin injury. Now he stayed on the sidelines the whole game, and he was kind of joking around with people. So I was going to say he looked very jovial. Like jovial yeah. is the word I would use. But like. My thinking was, well, he, that mean, must mean he's okay. But he also didn't come back into the game. And this wasn't like, oh, they were up by 30 points. So they just like didn't need him. Like they could have used him and he didn't come back in. So he's going to have an MRI later today. We'll find out about him. Fred Warner also got hurt in this game for the 49ers. And Dalvin Cook uh, got hurt for Minnesota as well. It was a kind of a brutal game there. It was a stretch where they actually Debo and Dalvin Cook went out on consecutive plays. So there's a lot of big name stars. If Debo's out for the 49ers, they're going to have to lean on Jimmy G more, which might not be a formula for success, uh, but we'll find out more on that later in the day. For the Vikings on their side of it, Kate, what do we make of this team? Every game they play is close, just about, but I don't know. I just like for the critical fourth down play in this game. Vikings are in the from the 49ers three yard line. Huge play. Kirk Cousins lines up behind the guard. Like, yes. That tells what? you that is the statement. That's the takeaway from this game. It's not, it's not that the Vikings can keep it close. It's there's nothing else to take away from this outside of the fact that you had Alexander Madison go up to his quarterback and scooch him over <laughs> to the center. Um, that like that in and of itself, um, I 
I thought I, I saw the tweet. Um, I didn't get to see this play live. Uh, I saw a tweet uh, where it was it was shared. The clip of it was shared, and uh, they they literally wrote, um, "Kirk Cousins tries to s- take snap from guard." And I said, "What?" Um, <laughs> and I was like, "This can't be what." Like I, I was like, "Is this?" Um, you know, it couldn't be what it says because, come on. So um, it and was, it was exactly what it said. <laughs> I want to be a little fair to Kirk. He's trying to get the play clock is running down. And he's has to move over because I think it was Justin Jefferson is not in the right position. So he's trying to get Justin Jefferson lined up where he needs to be. The play clock is running down. So I think he kind of panicked a little and then just lined up under the guard. They had to call a timeout to get straight. They didn't convert when they actually did run that play. And Cousins, I want to be fair, has been really good this year in late game situations, driving down the field and getting either a touchdown or a field goal. He's done it almost every single time for Minnesota, which is part of the reason why they've won so many of those close games. They didn't get it done this week. Dalvin Cook could be out. Um, I don't know. Can they hang on to that seven seat? Nobody seems to want that seven seat in the NFC. Basically, (laughs) everybody that was fighting for a playoff spot except the 49ers lost yesterday. Uh, there, yeah, the NFC is just playing hot potato at this point. Um, it's really hard to decide like it, the AFC and F- NFC are so different, right? You have so many like competitive divisions, but, uh, like it, I feel like you've got a little bit more depth in the AFC. The NFC yes. is a little top heavy. Um, and we need to, we need to start making some decisions when it comes down to these lower seed teams. Um, the Vikings are one of these teams that I do think they are good enough to, to grab that seven seed, but they're a team that I would have no faith in making a deep postseason run. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, uh, he's had extensive shoulder problems. I think I, I read that this is his fourth shoulder dislocation. Um, like just absolutely brutal. Um, he's had he's had plenty of shoulders, uh, shoulder issues before. You have to wonder um if if they might not just shut him down because he was already managing another shoulder injury. So this this whole recipe could be a little bit of a disaster. But when you look at the offensive weapons, Adam Thielen continues to score touchdowns like nobody's business. They've got all the right weapons. Um, is uh, you know they've got all the right ingredients. But is Kirk Cousins the chef that I want to trust in <laughs> in the final few minutes of the Chopped finale? No. Um, no, it's, it's not, um, and Everson Griffin, um, you know, thoughts going out to Everson Griffin, but, um, it doesn't look like he's going to be immediately available. Uh, and a, a, like, he's such a key part of that defense. I think the Vikings aren't in this. I like, I wish the best of Vikings fans, but gosh, you guys are just treading water. And I think it's time to like, uh, pull the plug, uh, not, not tread water anymore. Grab a floaty, <laughs> go swim. to the sideline. Yeah. There was another NFC West, uh, NFC North matchup on Sunday, and that was the Green Bay Packers facing the Rams. And I know that the final score ended up being somewhat respectable with the Packers getting the 36-28 win. I got to be honest, Kate, the Packers blew the doors off the Rams in this one. You know, this was supposed to be a matchup of two of the best teams in the NFC, and it looked like only one of those teams showed up. And it was Aaron Rodgers on the busted big toe or pinky toe or whatever toe he has that's broken. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't even look like he's hurt. He ran one into the end zone yesterday. It wasn't even a running play. It was supposed to be a handoff. Rodgers just didn't hand the ball off, and he shakes off Jalen Ramsey and runs into the end zone for a touchdown. I thought it was a very impressive win for the Packers. 
Oh, was a big win. Um, you saw uh, Randall Cobb ended up leaving the game, but he was having himself a day, four catches, 95 yards and a, and a score um, just across the board. This is a team that played really well. You saw AJ Dillon um, come out and, you know, in the return with Aaron Jones, I just think they make such a good one, two punch uh, AJ Dillon involved as a receiver, which um like continues to blow my mind because we just hadn't seen that yet in his young career. Um, Aaron Rodgers success. I uh, gotta be honest, gotta be honest, kind of annoys me. Uh, annoys me <laughs> it annoys everybody. Bit. I just like COVID toe. Um, like <laughs> I, I can't, I want to just call him, dub him COVID toe, but I mean, he, he played extremely well, 307 passing yards, two touchdowns. Uh, and as you mentioned, got the rushing touchdown to, to, finish off the day, but I definitely think the bigger story here, cause we, we know what the Packers are, right? We know they are a, a solid team. We know that this is a very capable defense uh, that continued to make plays throughout this game. Um, the bigger storyline ha certainly has to be the Rams offense in general, the, the defense uh, you still have your playmakers there. You still have the playmakers on offense, Cooper cup playing very well. Odell Beckham had the long touchdown, finished the game with uh, 81 receiving yards and a score. Um, but Matthew Stafford, uh, he's he's not right. Pick sixes in three straight games for Matthew Stafford. The Rams have lost three straight games. You know, credit to the Packers, right? They lose the game against the Vikings. They come out and they handle their business. They have never lost two straight games since Matt LaFleur has been been the coach of Green Bay, which is incredible. They always seem to right the ship, right? They they never hit a pothole. They just always go over a speed bump and keep on rolling. The Rams have hit a pothole. They have driven off the road. They are struggling right now. They looked so good early in the year, but Matt Staff, I know he threw for 300 yards, but again, he did have the pick six. And I just, I don't know. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, are we sure that the Rams are a really good team? Who have they really beaten who's really good? The Buccaneers, yes. But other than that, here are the Rams' other wins on the season. The Bears, the Colts, the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. Like, you know, that's not exactly a murderer's row in the NFL. Those aren't statement games. Um, and you right. know what? Like, the the win over the Bucs, like, I'm going to be straight up with you. This is just kind of like what, that se what this season is. Um, this season has been a lot of fluky wins. Um, and I do think that like Matthew Stafford reports came out uh, Sunday before the game that Matthew Stafford's dealing with uh, just a little conglomerate of injuries. He's working through some pain um, and he looks at lost a fumble, like uh, on top of the pick six, lost a fumble yesterday. Um, just doesn't, we thought he was like a clear cut MVP candidate and he's not playing like it. Uh, they really need to, I think, I would love to see them back off of Matthew Stafford a little bit. Uh, you know, of course, keep keep Cooper Cup as the centerpiece of the offense. But I would love to see them uh, take a little bit more time to get Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle established and maybe just eliminate some some hits on Matthew Stafford, eliminate uh, him having just to, um, you know, throw when he's clearly not comfortable. He doesn't look like himself. Uh, I, it's a team that I would never discount. They're one of these teams that I think they're never, they're never quite out of it. And and they're one of these teams that could emerge uh, for a huge playoff loss, but, or a huge playoff run. But I, uh, I think they've got a lot of big uh, question marks that they need to uh, figure out if they are 
going to actually make this a, a competitive season. Here's the problem for the Rams is that their defense is not what it was last year. They have allowed 36, 31, 28, 22 points in their last four games. They need Matthew Stafford to be chucking the ball around and putting up points because their defense is not going to consistently stop people like we've seen in years past. But you're right. They don't really have any running game that scares you whatsoever. Odell Beckham Jr. had a long touchdown, which was nice to see if you're a Rams fan. Hopefully they can keep that going. But I feel like the pressure is on this offense to to put up points because if they don't, that defense, even though they have star players, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, it's just not what it once was. And so I don't, I, you know, I don't know how they can solve this problem. Now, fortunately for them, they have the ultimate problem solvers next week in the Jags. So you would think that they would be able to get right. But I mean, the Jags beat the Bills, So who knows? But uh, the Rams need a win in the worst way, especially with the Cardinals game in Arizona coming up in two weeks. Then they got to play Seattle again. Like the schedule does not lighten up for the Rams the rest of the way once they get past this Jags game. So, you know, if they, they got to write the ship and they got to do it quick. Yeah, they, they definitely need a statement win. Um, and I, I can't, I can't exactly tell you when I think that's going to come. Um, just with the way the Cardinals are playing, the way the, the, the 49ers are playing, like it, it's just going to be really hard for uh, them to keep up with the Joneses. But again, it's, it's the Rams. I don't think we can ever discount this team, especially when, uh, we do know that what Sean McVay was able to accomplish with Jared Goff under center. Yep. So it, he's not immune to the quarter or he is immune to the quarterback position. He has been vaccinated against bad quarterbacks. I think uh, Sean McVay untouchable. Vaccinated, not immunized. Big uh, difference yes, there. Yes. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, you mentioned <laughs> statement wins. So let's go to the AFC North now. And I hate to do this oh, God. because I know that you're a Steeler fan. Mm -hmm. But Cincinnati whooped on your guys yesterday. Absolutely boat race the Steelers 41 to 10 it's the biggest win or ties or I should say the biggest win the Bengals have ever had over the Pittsburgh Steelers nothing went right for Pittsburgh and Joe Burrow is chucking it all over the place Joe Mixon was running left right and center I don't know what happened to the Steelers but they were destroyed yesterday 
Uh, it was a series of like bad decisions uh, on both sides of the ball. You saw Minka Fitzpatrick get an interception, but that was like the highlight of the day for the Steelers. <laughs> this was just such a, um, this was a statement game, like you said, but I think even more so because we got to see uh, the Browns and Ravens in prime time. And that wasn't any prettier. No. Um, like the, the Bengals just look like uh, just the most balanced team in the AFC North, despite the fact that, um, you know, there are, there are, all pretty much the entire AFC North is still in contention uh, to make the playoffs. It's it's the Bengals and it's not particularly close uh, for for any other team because they're they're playing much better defense than any of us would have projected to start the season. Joe Burrow, I think he's finally looking like Joe Burrow, finally looking like uh, the the quarterback we wanted. He got off to a slow start the season in his return from the ACL, but. Um, he's, he's playing good football. Uh, he's playing good football. He's got so many playmakers around him. Um, if he can't get it going through the air, he's got Joe Mixon on the ground. Um, as it, that was like a very painful game for me to watch, but I mean, I have to have to give the Bengals credit. They are far and away the best team in the AFC North. Joe Burrow said he kind of fell in love with the big play early in the season. He seems to have gotten over that, which is good. Cincinnati is rolling right now. I don't want to shortchange them, Kate, but we do have a little bit of breaking news. We are doing this show at around 11 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. According to a tweet from Adam Schefter, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy has tested positive for COVID. And it's unfortunately for the Cowboys, it's worse than that because Schefter also went on to add, as one league source just said, quote, there are up to eight positives in Dallas. Details are still rolling in. The Cowboys, of course, play on Thursday night this week against the Saints. Mike McCarthy will not be there for that game. Terrible news for the Cowboys right now. That is absolutely brutal, especially on a short week. Um, the Cowboys, though, I, I think, you know, we've been talking uh, about you know, the Ezekiel Elliott injury and should you shut him down a little bit? You had CD mm -hmm. lamb miss his last game yet. Like they, I, I think they should just call it a week, um, <laughs> call it a week, wrap it in the bag. Uh, but that's, that's super unfortunate. Cause this is a team that, um, you know, obviously lost to the Raiders there on Thanksgiving, uh, on the big stage, but, uh, you know, at least sent it into overtime. Uh, Dak Prescott like continues to, have plenty of success, but like they need to clean up these little things. We got to get, we, we got to get these, uh, health issues under control. We've got to get this COVID outbreak under control because when they're healthy, um, I mean, this is a, a team that's been, uh, really fantastic with Micah Parsons, uh, just all over the ball, Travion Diggs. Like this is a team that I think if, if fully healthy is going to be very hard to beat, but, um, you know what the good, the good news is, stats the saints are not a team that uh, i think if they have a couple of playmakers they shouldn't have that that difficult a time against trevor simeon uh you know we have the saints banged up as well uh, mark ingram Al alvin kamara all these all these assets uh are, are pretty banged up um so i'm gonna say if there's one week that you might call it a wash this might be the week i mean look 
I would think that, but the Cowboys have lost three out of their last four games. They are just reeling right now. This is the last thing that they need. And not that anybody ever needs this, obviously, but you know what I'm saying. And by the way, it's not just head coach Mike McCarthy, offensive line coach Joe Philbin, and assistant line coach Jeff Blasco have also been ruled out because of COVID. We don't know if this extends to any of the players. We don't know how far this goes yet. Details are still coming in, but I mean, if the Philadelphia Eagles had won the game yesterday against the Giants, things would be a lot tighter in the NFC East. Like Dallas, this is this season, which looked like Dallas could be a potential number one seed. Now we, you know, we don't know what's going to happen right now. I mean, the NFC East looks like they're still going to win it, but they got to start winning some games. And when you throw all this COVID stuff on top of it, it's a scary time right now for the Cowboys. It's definitely a scary time. I like, but you know what? You can't pick a better division for the Cowboys to be True. in because, uh, regardless of uh, you know their their play, you don't have uh, I think enough competition there in the NFC East um, to really put them in a position. If they were in the NFC West, I'd say uh, goodbye, good riddance, you're done for. Um, <laughs> but the fact that they're they're in the NFC East is actually. Um, quite promising. We saw Jalen Hurts come out and absolutely fall flat on his face uh, after a couple of really fantastic games. So I'm not writing off the Cowboys just yet. They haven't been healthy. If they can get healthy, I think they could be an unbeatable team. Um, but I mean, this this just sort of piles on uh, from all directions. You mentioned the Eagles game. So let's get to that because talking about disappointing losses, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you win two straight games. You got the Giants coming up. Jalen Hurts seems like he's kind of picking up steam and momentum and not. They fall flat on their face, like you said, against the Giants. Three interceptions from Jalen Hurts. They had to win this game. If you're a good team, I know it's a division game, but you beat the Giants and find a way to win that game. Now, I want to be a little fair to Jalen Hurts because... If Jalen Rager can catch a ball at the end of this game, we might be saying something totally different about Jalen Hurts. Instead, Rager drops not one, but two potential touchdowns in the final minute of the game. But look, he didn't catch it. So if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, you know, if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. But he didn't catch the ball, so the Eagles lost. Um, Yeah, this. I mean, this was just a disaster all ends uh, of the ball. There was not a single receiver that had more than 32 receiving yards. Um, but you mentioned Jalen Rager. Um, that, like, that's the biggest question mark to me out, out of all this because you've got Devonta Smith there, did have four targets, caught two of them for 22 receiving yards. Obviously didn't help Jalen Hurts out that much, but why is Jalen Rager leading the team in targets? That mm-hmm. is my biggest problem um, because it, Jalen Rager, what has he done to earn those seven targets? You have to be featuring Devonta Smith more. Quez Watkins had more targets. Uh, and I'm a huge Quez Watkins fan. I love the speed. I love the big playability. But um, Devonta Smith needs to be the featured receiver here. Uh, you just paid Dallas Goddard a whole lot of money. Uh, had this three targets on the day. Um, you know, trusting Greg Ward uh, in the end. Like, it, it's just... There, there's no uh, go-to guy here on this team, but if there is one, it's got to be Devonta Smith, and you've got to feature him more than you did. 
hundred percent. I mean, that's why you drafted this guy where you drafted him. He's your number one receiver. He was very upset during the game. I think he even threw his helmet on the sidelines. And Nick Sirianni said after the game that Smith came to him before the final play and asked for the ball. And if you look at the replay, he was open. Now, Sirianni obviously can't force Jalen Hurts to throw the ball to him, but like, that's your number one guy. I'm sure he was telling Jalen Hurts in the huddle, like, give me the damn ball. And you're right. Like, just get the ball in the hands of your best players. We always say on, on Tuesday with BLG, do the thing, right? Just do the thing that works. Well, that's what works if you're Philly. You drafted a Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver. Maybe not throw Jalen Rager the ball twice in the final minute with the game on the line. A crazy thought, I know. It's, I, I mean, like... I- like you said, do the thing. Um, you put the ball in the hands. Like if if you're not trusting your quarterback to get them the ball, then you need to scheme to get him the ball um, yep. and, and design plays that are going to put the ball in Devonta Smith's hands. That's like the biggest takeaway from this game. They were uh, actually running the ball uh, a, a bit this week um, and continuing to do that with Miles Sanders back in the game. Uh, both he and Boston Scott, uh, each clocked 64 rushing yards on the nose, right on the button. Um, Like, I think if we're going to see them continue to run the ball, that's going to be fantastic for Jalen Hurts. Uh, But again, you need to scheme your best players into the game. And that's what, like, you know, if things aren't going well in the the first half, that's when you go into halftime and you say, how do we get these guys the ball? And it just didn't happen. I mean, you throw for 129 yards on the day. You run Ooh. for 208. How do you run for more than 200 yards and only score seven points in a game? Because <laughs> Jalen Hurts kept turning the damn ball over. He had a quarterback rating of 17.5 yesterday. Like that almost makes Daniel Jones look good. Almost. I was going to say that the like more impressive thing is that Daniel Jones had a quarterback rating of 94 <laughs> to Jalen Hurts 17.5. Uh, Daniel Jones just looked like the better quarterback on the day, had 200 passing yards, only one touchdown. But um, I, I think it was a, a pretty impressive win considering the fact that, um, you know, no no guy shined. Uh, there was really no superstar in this outing. Saquon Barkley continues to be uh, a bit slow, only total 40 rushing yards. Uh, and he He's had an a game-long rush. Guy. He, You know what? He either knocks it out of the park or he doesn't. Um, and he got he got one one big hit yesterday, uh, a 32 yard rush. But that just tells you uh, 40 total rushing yards on the day. And that comes on the back of a 32 yard rush. So he had eight rushing yards over those 12 other carries. That is no bueno. That is not good. Um, I mean, it was it was a very uh, impressive win because, again, nobody on the nobody on the Giants uh, looked particularly great, but that's that's how big this indictment is uh, for yes. the Eagles. The best news of the day for the Giants came before the game when it came out that uh, looks like Dave Gettleman is not going to be the GM there beyond this season. <laughs> that's better than anything that happened on the field for the Giants. Celebrate with a win, baby. You know what? Like, exactly. They take it where you can get it with the Giants. They have not won many games the last few years. All right, where should we go next? Do you want to go? I guess let's go to the NFC, uh, excuse me, AFC West. Just when I think that the Chargers have gotten their stuff together and they're, you know, putting this thing and they're going to make a run at this thing, they go out against the Denver Broncos and they get whooped, like (laughs) beaten soundly 
28 to 13. Patrick Sertan's intercepting balls left, right, and center. I just thought that the Chargers, you know, two weeks ago, I said, maybe they're just, they're not going to make that leap. And then they have that amazing game against the Steelers where they almost blow a lead. And I said, just when I'm ready to quit the Chargers, they get it together. And now here we are again a week later and they lose to the Broncos. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I think we should just roll the dice every other week and see which Chargers we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this was, this was a really disappointing game for the Chargers. Obviously, like you have to be super excited because I, I think Brandon Staley is going to be um, an excellent head coach for the Chargers for a long time. But like, is this not so Chargers? Like every time uh, you feel like you know them and it feels like they have their identity, yep. um, it, it it doesn't come together. Uh, and they were they were just they were completely outplayed. Um, the Denver Broncos again, not like the flashiest offense, but. Uh, even without Von Miller, they've got plenty of playmakers on defense and um, they had just enough to to put that together. Uh, it was a fantastic victory. Um, but yeah, the Chargers, uh, this was a game that, uh, you know, week by week, uh, I, I keep trying to figure out who's a good team and who's not a good team. <laughs> and I'm starting to think uh, the Chargers are not as good a team as they are on paper. If we don't know by now, if you're a good team or not, I feel like that's kind of our answer, right? Like you're an inconsistent team. The Chargers had the ball for over 14 minutes in the third quarter of this game and got no points out of it. They had two possessions. One ended with a missed field goal and one ended ended with a pick in the end zone. Hey, you can't have the ball for an entire quarter and get no points, <laughs> especially when you have all the playmakers they have on offense. Like that is hideously bad if you're the Chargers in a game that you really, really need it. Oh, absolutely. And especially like in a, a you know, a division where things are as competitive as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause this is another one of those divisions that uh, has seen plenty of ups and downs, but I feel like any one of these uh, could end up, uh, you know, even, even two of these teams could end up with playoff bursts uh, just via the wild card. And it, I'm, I'm actually really bummed because I really like the chargers. I like what they're doing on offense. I love their playmakers. Um, I, I just think they are one of these teams that they're very close to like the dynasty, um, but they're, they're just not quite there yet. And I can't, I can't point to any specific aspect of the game that, uh, where I, I think they need to grossly improve because they've just been inconsistent across the board in all metrics. And maybe we were a year early on. I was as high on the Chargers as anybody. I picked Justin Herbert to be the MVP before the season started. I picked the Chargers to win the AFC West. Like I was super high on them. Maybe we were a year too early. Maybe next year will be the year they make that leap. I don't know, but that's a bad bad loss. One other thing I wanted to know, because I just thought it was cool. Patrick Sertan had two picks in this one, including a pick six for his first career touchdown came in Denver. His father, Patrick Sertan, his last career touchdown was a pick six in Denver. There's just something that's cool amazing. about that. That's so that's that's absolutely awesome. What a what a nice way to bookend uh, the the family tree. I love that couple more games we want to get to here before we go. The first is the Sunday night game, which I waited to get to. Normally, I wouldn't wait this long to talk about it, but it was it was an awful game 
Kate. It was hideously, but nobody wanted to win it. Lamar Jackson's throwing picks <laughs> left, right, and center. Baker Mayfield just, he looks like he's falling apart out there. Now, Baltimore ultimately gets the win, right? Because these are the games that Baltimore somehow finds a way to win. They are like, it sounds like a dig, but they are like the NFL's cockroach. Like, you cannot kill <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. They just keep winning. Um, the Baltimore Ravens are actually like one of the most fascinating teams in the NFL right now, because they like it, to start the season, like talk about a team that's had their ups and downs. Uh, this was a team that could not win it, uh, until like the third and fourth quarter to start the year. It felt like they had cleaned up their game, mm -hmm. uh, mid season. And it felt like they had just really turned a corner. Um, and then you have Lamar Jackson comes out, uh, 165 passing yards, only one touchdown, four interceptions. That Oof. is, that's the killer. Because uh, you can't, you can't be turning over the ball at that rate. Uh, you've got a Cleveland defense that's uh, pretty, pretty successful. Uh, they've got a lot of big playmakers. Um, they've got a lot of just like physical grit on their defense. Mm -hmm. Like this is not, this is not a team that you can uh, play play loose with the ball because they are a team that's very capable of taking advantage. And for Cleveland, like, you know, we spent so much time earlier talking about how the 49ers get it, right? They know they have to run the ball if they're going to win. Cleveland is the same thing. You have to run the ball. You have Kareem Hunt back now. You have Nick Chubb. The Browns ran the ball 17 times yesterday for 40 yards. That's 2.4 yards per carry. Nick Chubb, Eight carries for 16 yards. Kareem Hunt, seven for 20. Like, did they forget in Cleveland, like, how their path to victory? I don't know how this happened, but, I mean, you completely went away from your bread and butter, and Baker Mayfield's throwing the ball 37 times when his arm is basically falling off. Like, that just doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me from a game plan standpoint for Cleveland. No, not at all. Um, and this, like, they combined. Uh, I was very excited for the Kareem Hunt. Uh, return. He was activated yes. from IR after the calf injury. Um, but Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb combined for 17 total touches on the day. Um, and the winning recipe has been getting these guys like uh, combined like 35 to 40 touches. Like yes. that's the magic recipe. Um, I mean, you have to give credit to the Baltimore Ravens. They shut down uh, the run very early, which is why I think they navigated away. But I mean, these are two running backs that I think are very capable of. Uh, you know, taking defenders and wearing them out by the, the fourth quarter, if you can continue um, to stay dedicated to the to the run. And guess what? The game was close enough that they could have. Uh, yes. It wasn't like the Ravens blew them away. Um, they the, the Browns could have had this in the bag the entire time. And they just they they I don't think they wanted it. They didn't want bad enough. I don't like what Baker Mayfield, uh, I think maybe needs to take a seat. Take a week. Dude. Rest up. Just take a week off. Like, <laughs> come on, man. He's You're every time he's like, uh, somebody looks at him the wrong way. He starts to limp. Like it's just, <laughs> he's, he's so banged up. And, um, you know, I, I, I actually really like Baker Mayfield. I think he's, uh, you know, a, a solid NFL quarterback. I love what he brings to the city of Cleveland. He brings a lot of, um, just grit and just, uh, zest and, uh, like he's interesting. He's fun. He's fun. And you know what? He has rallied Cleveland uh, to the point that I think like he's a good enough football player and he can make throws uh, when you ask him to, if you don't ask him to make those throws all the time. Uh, 
I, I think this team is a better team with a uh, with Baker Mayfield under center, but I do think you need a healthy Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, with this position that they're in, I think they're, you know, they can continue to run the ball if they do get healthy. This is an absolute playoff team, and they need to get Baker Mayfield healthy before they can uh, make that that postseason run. Because, I mean, last year, I, I've been saying this all offseason, the Cleveland Browns, uh, I think, really could have walked away with that win uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that was a much closer game. I think we could have seen the, the Browns advance further in the postseason than we did in the 2020 season. Um, and it, this is this is the same roster. Um, this is the same team uh, with more experience and uh, like just more playmakers on defense. This is a huge threat. If you can sit Baker Mayfield down for one week, he might he might slap the coach. Um, he might like if Kevin's like, hey, we need you to sit down. I, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to be too happy about sitting down, but I do think it's necessary if you want to preserve this team for the long haul. They are six and six now on the year. They came into the season for the first time pretty much in my lifetime. And I've been on this planet <laughs> for 36 years. They came into the season with some expectations. And, you know, dealing with success is a real thing. You have to learn how to do that, how to manage expectations and play with expectations. So far, the Browns have not been able to do it. Plenty of time for them to write the ship, but they got to start to do it, you know, next week, pretty much. Uh, yeah. If they're going to uh, make a run in the playoffs. Last game I want to talk about, and I know there were other games, but I'm sorry. I just, I cannot bring myself to talk about the New York Jets or the Atlanta Falcons or the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and why? There's no point. Thank so the you. last game I Thank want to get to. Thank you for sparing us. You're welcome. The Miami Dolphins whoop up on the Carolina Panthers 33 to 10. This is the way the Dolphins kind of drew it up. This is how they wanted it to go, right? You draft to a high. He throws it for 230 yards. Jalen Waddle, hello, nine catches, 137 yards and a touchdown. That's what this Miami team was supposed to do. Maybe it's just taken a little while, but, you know, they started slowly this year, but here kind of come the Dolphins. Now they're up to five and seven on the year after starting the year, just one and seven. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is absolutely playing um, just the best football we've seen in his very young career. And I think it was a, um, the, it's so refreshing to see uh, when he's like a, officially named the starter and there are no <laughs> questions. It's really nice to see him actually performing uh, to the level that you want him to. Uh, this is courtesy of NFL research. He completed 81.8% of passes in week 11. He is the fourth player in NFL history with a completion percentage of 80 or higher in two consecutive games, uh, joining Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, and Peyton Manning as the only players to do so. Um, he's he's a good football player. Uh, and I think we were a little quick on the trigger there for Young to, uh, especially considering this, uh, this catastrophic injury that he was returning from. Um, if, if you put the ball in his hands, you know, I think uh, this could have been a, a, a you know, a, a second half team uh, if maybe the Patriots weren't quite as competitive. Um, there's too many, there's too many ducks in, in the pond this year, but um, this is a team that I think has promise uh, and plenty of energy to maybe put this together for the years to come. 
RJ and I have talked about the Dolphins, and what we've said is like you can't be rebuilding forever. Like at some point, you got to finish the remodel, and you got to have you know your new deck or your new bathroom or whatever the hell you're building. It's nice if you're a Dolphin fan to start to see some of that. And you know, I yeah, like you said, I don't know if I think they're going to make the playoffs in the NFC, but they put up thirty or the AFC, but they put up thirty three points on the Panthers, who are a good defense. And so it's nice to see that coming together for Carolina. Like, what are you doing with Cam Newton? Cam Newton was hideously bad yesterday he completed five of 21 passes for 92 yards with two picks his quarterback rating was 5.8 okay like <laughs> what are you doing with him it's just play pj walker man bring in cam in the red zone if you want in the goal line situations maybe you can get some touchdowns and give the ball away to a fan and everybody can ooh and ah over that he stinks <laughs> he's garbage there's a reason nobody wanted this guy Great. He came back and that sold some tickets for you. He's he's hot garbage, Kate. I I actually like I'm I was all aboard the Cam Newton resurgence. Ugh. I was very excited for the comeback and uh, it is not quite gone as planned. But like stats, what is the upside uh, in, in starting? You know what all of these quarterbacks are, right? Um, you know what Sam Darnold is like, I, I think I saw Matt rule said that, uh, Sam Darnold was like warming up, uh, and, and getting some throws in, like as <laughs> if he might return the and Dolphins. be the answer. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. It, I'm not expecting, uh, as if like his health was really the problem there. Um, right. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's, uh, quite so much the problem, but yes, Cam Newton was abysmally bad, uh, completed less than 25% of his past attempts. Uh, oof, 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 not good. But again, what is the upside uh, with any of these guys? I think Cam Newton at least brings you um, the the high upside that you want while maintaining well, the the floor that you have across the board. He has the same, same low floor that any of these quarterbacks do, but um, I, I do think he has the uh, some more swagger uh, to bring you the the winning upside. Well, the swagger no? couldn't complete more than five passes yesterday. Like I'm pretty sure PJ Walker yeah. could have completed more than five of 21. Uh, he's only 26. You know, maybe he's can be good. Cam ain't it anymore. Okay, he's just not there. <laughs> he's not the guy. The Panthers are a mess. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They went all in for Deshaun Watson, and then obviously everything happened with him. They didn't get him, and now they just decided to go crazy and lose their mind and pick up Sam Darnold's fifth year option, which is just paying the backup to replace the backup, to replace the backup, to replace Cam Newton. Just um, hideous. Yeah. There it's, it's like, uh, what are the little egg dolls? Um, what are those Russian little... nesting dolls, Russian nesting dolls? Um, that's, that's what the Panthers are, but, um, all of the Russian nesting dolls are very poorly made. Um, <laughs> and like the, this is just like, uh, we need to scrap this project and, start over. And I mean, Christian McCaffrey emerged uh, from this game in a walking boot, your franchise running back injured. Once again, um, this is a team that like, despite the fact that they, they have done so well on defense. Uh, and I don't think any of us had projected, uh, that they would perform that well on that side of the ball. Um, they, they, they don't have, uh, an identity in terms of their offense and Christian McCaffrey injured once again, just, adds more fuel to that fire. It's such a bummer. Nothing good going on for the Carolina Panthers. It was a no. crazy week. Um, it's not done yet. We still have Monday night football for this week. Seattle and the Washington football team. Something Ooh. stinks. 
Something stinks in Seattle. Pete Carroll's leaving press conferences early. Uh, then he's coming back. Like there just seems to be no leadership there. It's rudderless. I wouldn't be stunned, Kate. I would not be stunned if Taylor Heineke found a way to pull this one out for Washington. Uh, I'm not going to predict it because I'm not that brave, but <laughs> if we wake up on Tuesday morning and Seattle has lost again, I wouldn't be shocked at all because it's just a disaster right now. I mean, this should be uh, like a good spot for Russell Wilson to bounce back. He's had two back-to-back games uh, with a fewer than, uh, you know, like right around a 50% completion percentage, uh, which is not Russell Wilson's MO. Um, this secondary should provide him an opportunity to get right, but he doesn't look like he's got the health. Um, they don't have the leadership. They don't have the run game uh, that we know Pete Carroll is so fond of. Um, this is another one of those sort of directionless teams. Um, and every off season, I feel like we, we, keep hearing, you know, the rumblings about Russell Wilson frustrated with the organ. I, I have to imagine that we're going to see much more of that this year. I no doubt. It's just over. Like the Seahawks had the greatest era in their franchise's entire history with Russell Wilson. The fewest games he ever won in a season was nine. Incredible, incredible what they've done, making back-to-back Super Bowls, winning a Super Bowl, but it's just done now like you've we've all had those experiences where you're with somebody it's a great relationship you have a ton of fun the highs were really really high but you just get to a point where it it's just not sustainable anymore and the only losses guys yes just end it it's clearly over everyone else can tell like when you guys go out on group dates every other team in the nfc is looking at the seahawks and they're like that that's just they don't got it this year like it's (laughs) cup bait Get rid of Schneider, get rid of Carroll, trade Russ, get some of those draft picks back because you have like no draft picks if you're the Seahawks thanks to the stupid Jamal Adams trade. Just rebuild. That's it. Yeah, uh, cut bait. I Like Pete Carroll, I, I would love to see him uh, not be the head coach of this team. I, I just, there's there's so many different parts. You're right. I think this is the, the point where you blow up the franchise. I don't think you're in a better spot. Like, when you do have some of these playmakers, like, uh, you know, obviously you've got Tyler Lockett there for the long haul. You've still got DK Metcalf on his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe, maybe this is the point where you, uh, you, you know, maybe invest in the 2023 draft, right? Like, and get one of these quarterbacks. Cause I don't think any of the 22 quarterbacks are it, but this is kind of that moment where maybe you take advantage and, uh, you know, try to rebuild from the inside out. Cause it's, uh, yeah, exactly. Not, not it's good. not good. And maybe, maybe you know, we, we, if they lose this game, we start to see that list of teams that Russ Wilson wants to play for magically resurface. Uh, who knows? <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of Monday Football Monday. We remind you, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it. Kate, thank you very much for helping me fill in for RJ and Pete today. I could not have done it without you. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, I I appreciate you putting up with my ridiculously small feet. Thank you so much. (laughs) We will be back tomorrow, myself and Brendan Lee Gowton, for the off-day debrief. Enjoy the Monday night football game, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.